Thanks for checking out the Revival Tabernacle podcast today. If this is your first time joining us, we want to thank you for tuning in. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope this message encourages you in Christ our Savior. Please enjoy this message from the RT Pulpit. You know, I think it's funny how a lot of times uh, uh, people that used to uh, be ridiculed for doing certain things has now become the hottest trend in the land. You know, there, there. You see, back in the day of pop culture entertainment, uh, there were two men whose names were Fab Morvan and Rob uh, Pilatus. You know them by their group name, Millie Vanilli. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Anybody remember Millie Vanilli? I mean, Millie Vanilli, uh, they had a hit song in the early 90s uh, titled, uh, Girl, You Know It's True. <laughs> I mean, that song was terrible, but, uh, but, it, but it gained so much popularity. I mean, the song peaked at number one on the German singles charts, number two in the U.S. charts, and number three in the United Kingdom charts, becoming one of Millie Vanilli's, I would even and say probably their only famous or most successful song. Their success quickly, though, turned to uh, uh, infamy when Morvan and Pilatus and even their agent began to confess. This is what they confessed, that the two people that were the front men of the group actually didn't sing the songs or they did not record their vocals on the actual track. In other words, what you were hearing and what you were seeing were two different things. Y'all not saying nothing to me in this place. Uh, and, and, and so they won Grammys and they ended up returning their Grammy awards back to uh, uh, the Grammys and asked or requested that they be given to the real vocalists. I mean, this became... This became, my brothers and sisters, one of the biggest scandals of the music industry in the history of pop music. I mean, this was huge when it happened to, to, to know that, that people that were saying that they were singing this, they, they, they admitted that they really weren't singing. They were pantomime or they were lip syncing to what was happening there. But when you fast forward 25 years later, one of the hottest shows and favorite pastimes is the ability to accurately lip sync. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the hottest things out right now is the ability to accurately lip sync. What does lip sync mean? Lip sync simply means this. Get this. For an actor or singer, watch this, to move their lips silently in synchronization yeah with a previously recorded soundtrack. Uh -huh. okay. Let me give that to you one more time. What does it mean lip sync? It means for an actor or a singer to move their lips silently to see in, in synchronization with a previously recorded soundtrack. I mean, from the app dub smashing to the very popular TV show on Spike TV called Lip Sync Battle, people are doing their very best to synchronize their lips to pre-recorded soundtracks. And the one who does it the best wins the battle. The one who does it the best is the one who wins the battle. So I wanted to know how to win a lip sync battle. So I started digging in and investigating 
how would one, if I was to enter into a battle, how would one actually win or do their best in a lip sync battle? And so I began to inquire of some of the world's best lip sync masters, and here's what they had to say. Can I give y'all what they had to say? Let me tell you what they had to say. Number one, they say, memorize the lyrics. <laughs> memorize the lyrics. The first way to make sure that you deliver a song well is to memorize every lyric of the song. Y'all not saying nothing to me in this place. And you should have a copy of the lyrics handy. Y'all not saying nothing in this place. I'm trying to teach somebody today. Uh, you can listen to the song while looking at the lyrics and then after a while you have to sing without music so that you can memorize the lyrics faster and better. So not, so not only do you have to memorize the lyrics, but you also have to internalize the song. You got to memorize the lyrics, but then they said, if you really want to be good at this thing, you have to internalize the song. What do you mean, Pastor Devin? In other words, you got to put yourself in the shoes of the original singer. Sometimes critics say that singers have to experience the song before, in order for real life to render it well. And in lip syncing, having related experiences is an edge. But if you have none that you can portray it well by obviously keep carefully studying how the singers do it. Watch this. If, if it's a breakup song, then you got to be emotional. If it, it, oh, and ready for your teary eyes to come. If it's a love song, then you got to act like you're inspired. And this is what they said. The song has to sink on the inside. So it looks realistic on the outside. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? So not only do you have to memorize the lyrics, not only do you have to internalize the song, but you also have to take note of the small details. Take note of the small details. Taking note of the details like breathing and humming is very essential for a believable lip syncing. You have to breathe like how you should if you were singing the actual song. Don't forget to do a little humming if the part if that with that if that's what the part of the song suggests and make sure that everything has been covered. And the final thing, watch this. The final thing they said if you really want to lip sync successfully, the final thing is practice in front of the mirror. So not only must you memorize the lyrics, not only must you internalize the song, not only must you pay attention to the small details, but they say you also must practice in front of the mirror. Once you've done all the above, you can practice in front of the mirror. Why? So you can see how you look when you're mouthing the words of the song. You can check if you look realistic by observing how well you've memorized the lyrics, internalized the song, and taking note of the small details like breathing. Check and see if your mouth opening at the right uh, inflections is the right appearance. Sometimes you have to extravagate or intensify just a little to match your mouth with the song. But this is the one thing that I thought was very interesting. It had a very note at the bottom of the entire write-up. And this is what it says. It says, take note of this. Those who are good at lip-syncing don't have to articulate the words. In other words, they say it's better to know how to lip-sync without voice 
to avoid accidents like having your real voice heard if in turn the microphone is turned on. We're going to come to that in a minute. You see, I believe, and listen to me good, I believe that we as Christians, we as believers, can learn some principles from this to apply to our lives as we live for Christ. You see, we need to understand how important it is to synchronize our lips to the pre-recorded word of God so that in, in the same in the time of battle, we are able to win. Do I have anybody in this place that's that's tired of losing and you're ready to win? Uh, we have to learn how to memorize God's word at, just like we do lyrics of a song. Then you have to internalize the word of God and you got to find scriptures that apply to something specific that you have gone through or that you are going through in your life. You have to take note of the small details that you find in the word of God. And then you have to rehearse or practice in the mirror. But the mirror that we are talking about is not the mirror to check out your physical appearance that shows how good you look or if you're having a bad hair day or a good hair day. But the mirror that we're talking about is the mirror of the word of God that shows you how you should look according to how he sees you, not how anybody else sees you. And you see, you can't take your own words into the battle. You can't take your own words into the battle. Why? Because your words don't have any power. See, being gone for a week, I can see y'all done got soft on me. Your words don't have any power, and therefore, when in the time of battle, you will lose the battle. But let me tell you something. When you take the word of God, when you something happens, when you begin to speak the word of God in the face of the enemy or in the face of that situation, the enemy has to understand that it is subject to the power of his word. Somebody shout hallelujah. So just for a moment. Let's talk about some of the advantages, some of the advantages of sinking your lips to the word of God. I'm not going to be long. I'm going to be very, very brief. But let me just give you a few advantages uh, that we get when we sink our lips to the word of God. Number one, somebody say number one. Number one is, and I'm sorry we're having some technical difficulties and not having the, the, the notes up on the board, but if you, I'll go slow if you want to write stuff down. It says, when people, and listen to me good, when people hear someone speak the word of God, they are hearing Jesus speak. All right. All right. Let me say it again. When people hear someone speak the word of God, they are literally hearing Jesus speak. Look at, look at the book, the, the verse that we just came out of, Luke, in the 16th verse. It says, whoever listens to you, listens to me. Or in other words, whoever hears you, hears me. Listen, let me tell you this. The reason why Jesus left us here is so he can continue his work of spreading his gospel through us. That's why you're still here. And what did Jesus do? We have to do what he did. So what did he do? He spoke and he taught. Watch this. Jesus taught us a very important principle in the first part of Luke chapter 10 and verse 16. He says, when people hear a follower of Jesus, 
Could be you, could be me. But when they hear follower of Jesus, as we speak the word of God, anything in the Bible, the listeners are hearing Jesus speaking through the voice of the speaker. The listeners are hearing the voice of Jesus through your voice. However, if you read in the, in the verse in context, you'll see that Jesus, Jesus literally commissioned us or those who have dedicated our lives to doing his work. This is, so some of you may wonder, well, what is it that I'm supposed to do as a believer? I've just given my heart to the Lord. I've just given my life to Christ. What am I supposed to do now that I am a believer? Let me tell you, it's very, very simple. Here's what you got to do. You have to speak what he said. Because just as it was the word of God that drew you to the point of salvation, it's going to be that same word that's going to draw somebody else to the place of salvation. So your responsibility is to say what he said. I said, your responsibility is to say what he said. Don't take your words now because, you know, you can you can see a situation and you can, you know, philosophically, you know, uh, 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 bring about uh, a, a, a plan of what you see in your head. About No, 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 no. Don't take your words. Take Jesus's words because your words won't save. Your words won't heal. Your words won't set free. Your words won't deliver. But it is the word of God that's able to set the captive free. The Bible says it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Your words don't have anointing, but guess what? His word has anointing. There is no, watch this, there's no indication that the power of the spoken word is available to unbelievers or even casual cultural Christians. The Bible says, watch this, in John 15 and 7, get this, it says, if you abide in me. And my word abides in you. Come on, I, I feel like I got some Bible-believing, Bible-reading people. You can ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done for you. The key word in that entire verse is abide. In other words, you can't just, it can't just be an experience. You got to live there. You got to stay there. It can't just be a visitation. You got to just make your home in the word. It says if you abide in me and my word abides in you. In other words, you can't just abide in him and then and, and, and then just and then do nothing. But you got to let that word live big in you. It says abide in me and my word abides in you. Watch this. This is the power that's given not to us at the infant stages of our salvation. Not at the pediatric stages of our walk with the Lord, but after you've been around a while. <laughs> because then he knows I can trust you. <laughs> because all that's in me is now rubbing off on you. Do I have anybody, has anybody ever seen somebody that's hung around somebody for a longer period of time and you knew them before they was hanging around that person, but now they're hanging around that person and they're starting to act like that person. They're starting to dress like that person. They, I mean, you know, technically I, I, had, I had a great aunt and uncle and they had been together. They had been together for so long in marriage. They started looking alike. Anybody in here ever seen a married couple that's been married for some years and they started looking alike? I mean, it's one thing for them to produce kids that look like them, but it's a whole other thing when they start looking like one another. Like, did you marry your sister? <laughs> if 
you abide in me. I know I can say that about the kings. I mean, because, you know, because y'all. <laughs> he said it's been said. <laughs> but that's right. The good news. Can I give you the good news? The good news for us is that there is great power in the word of God. This is not like fictional characters in the movies by way of CGI or special effects that can cause supernatural things to happen. That's fiction. The word of God is not fiction. The word of God is real. Somebody say the word of God is real. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing it to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart. Is there anybody in this place that has ever spoken the word of God around somebody and you speaking it caused them to or caused those around you to inquire a little bit more about Jesus? What are you talking about? What is that thing you said? Tell me a little bit more about what you just said. See, we cannot be afraid to share the word of God. As a matter of fact, Paul says we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Guess what? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. You got to get this word. Look at somebody and say, you got to get this word in you. You got to get this word in you. Start speaking the word of God around unbelievers and watch what happens. See, I see, 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 we come here on Sundays and we have these uh, 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 spiritual aerobic and activities, but I don't think that we're really putting into practice what it is the word of God says. If you believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God into salvation, then guess what? Start opening your mouth and start speaking the word of God in this place. You can't be afraid of what somebody's going to say about you. Calling you, oh, you think you better than everybody else. Are you just a holy roller? No, 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 no. I know the word of God. And let me tell you something. This word changed my life. And let me tell you something. I was once a wretch undone, but God changed me through his word. And he can do the same thing for you. So that's why we as believers have to speak the word. Because when you speak the word, it's just like Jesus speaking. And if when Jesus spoke, (laughs) thousands started gathering around him. I wonder what would happen when we start speaking the word in all of our different corners and sections of our lives. When we're at work, and I'm not talking about, you know, trying to, you know, shove the Bible down somebody's throat. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about when you have a captive audience. When God has given you an opportunity to speak into someone's life, ask yourself, am I taking my words or am I taking his words? Not only when people hear someone speak the word of God, they're hearing Jesus speak, but number two, we got to understand that the word of God contains the power of God. The word of God contains the power of God. See, the Bible says in John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was, and the word was God. Might I also add 
not only is it the gospel truth that the word was God, but I want to suggest to you today that the word of God is now and always will be God. It wasn't just, it wasn't was the word, but it is the word. And it always will be the word. And the word, if you jump down from chapter one down to verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, I don't understand the how of those words. I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. But I believe that somehow God literally is his word. God literally is his word. And as somebody said, Jesus is the living word. Let me give you some verses supporting this assertion that there is power in God's word. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, jot this down. 1 Corinthians 1 18, it says, uh, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. <laughs> I like that phrase, to us who are being saved. You see, the act of salvation is, an, is a continual process. Let me tell you something, just because you came to the altar and you confessed him as Lord and, and, and you believe that he died on the cross, uh, let me tell you something, the work is just beginning, be beginning in your life. Yes, instantly you're saved and I'm telling you, you have, you have secured your, your position in heaven. But let me just tell you something, there is still more work to be done in your life. He is constantly saving you from your own self and from your own destruction, from future things. I, I remember in testimony service, we used to say things like, I thank God for protecting me from danger seen and unseen. See, there are some things that the devil has plotted in my life. I don't even know. I'm not even aware. I'm not even, I can't even comprehend the hits that he had on my life. But God in his infinite wisdom and his almighty protection continues to put a hedge around me. And though I can't see it, though I may not understand it, though I may not know it, God is always there fighting for me, protecting me, battling for me, making sure that the enemy, though he may have some things for my evil, God is always turning it around for my good. Do I have anybody in this place that believes that the word of God is always alive and active in your life? The word of God seems foolish to many, but in reality, it contains the power of God. I feel like preaching this Labor Day. I know, I, I know. Tomorrow I'm going to wrestle my labor, but today I feel like preaching. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, listen to me good. God, let me just say this to our young people. Young people, lean in for me because I got something that God wants to tell you, especially as you're going into a brand new school year. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, this one is for you today. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yeah but of power and love and a sound mind. See, the devil would try to present you with this gift. He would try to present you with this package. And, and though the box may be Tiffany blue or whatever the desirable gift is, let me tell you something, the content of what's in that box 
will bring about a far lasting damnation to yourself and your soul than you would have ever experienced, though the pleasures of it may be for a minute. The consequences of it are far lasting. It's not worth it. But though the devil may try to present you with one gift, let me tell you something. You got to reject it. Because God has so much more than the one gift that the enemy tries to give to you. Look at this. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. You got to understand that fear is a gift. But you don't have to receive it. And guess what? It is a spiritual gift. But you don't have to take it. Because when you reject that gift, God comes with three more gifts. <laughs> he gives you the gift of power. He gives you the gift of love. And he gives you the gift of a sound mind. Ephesians 3 and 20 and 21, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power, that's that word again, that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And let me give you this last one. Romans 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Let me tell you something. It may feel weird. It may feel awkward at first to speak the word of God out loud in the presence of others, but don't let that stop you. Don't let that hinder you from doing it. Don't be ashamed. Those feelings were likely put in there or in you by some devil that was trying to hold you back to keep down that voice because the voice that you're getting ready to speak is a voice that they can't stand. As a matter of fact, they hate the word of God. Why? Because the word of God puts the devil in check. The word of God puts those enemies at bay. The word of God, the Bible says, the word of God causes the enemy to tremble. So we got to speak it boldly. Take a step of faith and open up your mouth, not because of what you feel, but because of what you know. Is there anybody in this place that knows there's power in the word of God? Put the devil in his place and you will soon become aware of the presence of God like never before. But let me say this to you. You can't give others what you do not have. You can't give someone something you don't possess yourself. That's why I keep stressing the importance of getting this word on the inside of you. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You got to put this word in you. Because let me tell you something. The devil does not pull up a chair and wait for you to go and get your Bible and start trying to find a verse that applies to what it is that you're going through. He's not just going to sit there and, oh, 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 you got something? Okay, well, I'll just wait. No, 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 no. He's on the attack. That's right. That's right. And he's seeking whom he may devour. Thank you. We are in a battle. <laughs> we in a battle. Not only when people hear someone speak the word of God, they're hearing Jesus speak. 
And not only uh, is the word of, does the word of God contain the power of God, but this principle accompanies the one that I stated earlier. Get this. We access the power of God, of God's word, by speaking his word. We access the power of God's word by speaking his word. In other words, the power becomes activated when we open up our mouth. <laughs> Go to Matthew chapter 4. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 4. Because here's an example of how Jesus applied the principle of quoting scripture when being harassed by the devil. He modeled it for us as an example of how we can use the spoken word of God to rebuke the devil. You see, when Jesus, I'm sorry, when the devil tried to tempt Jesus after 40 days, after a 40 day fast, here's how Jesus responded. Look at this. Then Jesus was led by the, we're in Matthew chapter four, verse one. We're gonna read down to verse 11. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Watch this. Jesus answered, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, watch this, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, there he goes that word, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him again and said, it is written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you would just bow down and worship me. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 11, then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Now, I don't want to move on from this too quickly before I, before I highlight or bring something or call something to your attention. Uh, the fact that the devil waited until Jesus was at his weakest point having fasted for 40 days when he made a run at Jesus. See, see that's, the why, th th that's the way the devil operates. They are bullies. Yes. <laughs> and bullies try to exploit us at times of our greatest weaknesses. But in this passage, Jesus demonstrated for us how the spoken word has power over the temptation of the devil. Every single time, I mean, do you realize how awesome and how important this is? See, when you speak the appropriate scripture passage, and in doing so, you put the lie to whatever the devil is trying to cause you to believe and act on. Every single time he said, it is written. 
the devil was rendered helpless in what it was that he was trying to get him to do. And he tried to pull something else out of his bag of tricks. <laughs> Turn these stones, it's written. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> throw yourself off this temple because you know, and then the devil started trying to quote the word. You know, if you throw yourself, you know, he'll give his angels charge over you. See, that's why you got to know the word of God for yourself. <laughs> Because there will be moments, there will be times when, when the enemy will say something that sounds real good. <laughs> Completely out of context. That's why we're going to be in Bible study this, this, this coming Wednesday night, studying the book of James, studying how to study the Bible. But here's the reason why. Because the devil, see, there's no difference between when Jesus speaks his word and when you speaks his word. The same power. The same power is at, is at work in you. See, the power of God, the power of God is in his word. And we can access that power when we speak his word. Let me give you this, this passage, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, two verses, verse 10 and verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and verse 11. Watch this. See, in, the following, in this passage, God shows, him, shows a glimpse of our grandeur and, 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 I'm sorry, of the grandeur and majesty with which he regards his spoken word. I mean, his word is precious to him. And let me tell you something. What's important to the father should be important to his children. Let me give you this. Isaiah 55. For as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty. Or in some translation that says void. Watch this. But it shall accomplish. Somebody shall accomplish. That which I purpose and shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Can I give y'all something? We just read John 1 and 1. It says... In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm going to tell you something that my dad brought to light for me. He said, if Jesus is the Word, and the Bible says, and we just read it here in Isaiah 55 and 11, that the Word would not return to him void. And where do we know, and where do we have an understanding about where Jesus is right now? Where, where is he? He's at the right hand of the Father. In other words, he has already returned back to the Father. God spoke the word, and when he spoke the word, Jesus went out. But now he has returned back to the Father. So if he has already gone out and returned, what does that tell us? That it has already accomplished what it is that he has set out to do. 
So whatever it is that you're believing God for, can I just tell you something? Let me give you breaking news. It's already done. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, it's already done. Whatever it is you're seeking God for, it's already done. Why? Because Jesus was the word and God spoke the word, sent the word, and it said it and it will accomplish everything that I sent it to do. And not only will it accomplish, but it will prosper everything that I sent it forth to do. And now he's sitting back at the right hand of the Father in the heavenlies and we're still worrying about how this is going to get paid, how this is going to get met, how this is going to get taken care of. Let me tell you something, our brothers and sisters, it's already done. When God spoke, he completed it. Let me give you some examples. He spoke and the universe came into existence. He he spoke through Moses and the Red Sea parted. He spoke and the lepers were made clean. He spoke and Lazarus rose from the dead. He spoke and water turned into wine. He spoke and the multitudes were fed. He spoke and the blind could see, the deaf, the dumb could speak, the deaf could hear, the crippled and the lame and the paralyzed could be able to walk, the bleeding were healed. He spoke, it is finished, and thereby threw open the gates of heaven and those who believe in him, as the scriptures said, shall have everlasting life, all because he spoke the word. Can I give you something else? Turn to, turn to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Come on, Mother Fox. <laughs> see, 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 God was has even revealed to us. Because see, how, how many people like a good how-to? instruction manual. I know Pastor Justin, he, he's, he loves a good how-to. I mean, he's like, listen, if I can do it yourself, I'm a YouTube and I'm going to find it and I'm going to follow it step by step. I tried that to learn how to tie a bow tie. It ain't quite worked out right, but that's all right. I'll still wear, keep wearing clip-ons until, until I get the full understanding of how to tie that bow tie. Uh, but, 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 but God has even given us a how-to process for accessing the power of his word thus giving us part of the process uh, of beginning, of bringing out things that would be impossible without him. Watch this in Ezekiel 37, starting at verse 1. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. So in other words, these these weren't just old bones. They were old, dry bones. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. And and I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. I'm sorry, verse 3. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Verse 4. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, listen to this, hear the word of the Lord. Y'all just missed y'all place to shout. He says, prophesy to those bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you. 
and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Watch this. So he prophesied as I was, so I prophesied as I was commanded to. I prophesied as I was commanded to. I prophesied as I was commanded to. And I was prophesying. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. A rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone by bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them. And skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. Verse 10, watch this. So I prophesied as he commanded me to do. And breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army of them. Can I just tell you something? Notice the first order of business. The first thing he told the prophet Ezekiel to do, watch this, was to hear the word of the Lord. The very first thing that he said to him was, hear the word of the Lord. God is saying to the prophet, and I believe that he's saying to us today, this is what I want you to say, now say it. This is what I want you to say, fill in the blank, God will say it, and now he says, now you say that. Now, when you're looking at this, in the valley, you see bones. Now, when, if you just see bones, you know they have to be old because they have to have been there for a while in order for all the flesh and tendons to decay and to fall off of it. So they had to have been old bones, but not only were they old, they were also dry. Has anybody ever had to work with something dry? I mean, you know, you, 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 can't, you, you just can't get those things to come together. I mean, this was an impossible situation. This was an impossible situation. Bringing life back into a bunch of bones. And not just old bones, but dry bones. But God instructed a mere mortal, a person just like you and me, to speak the word that he gave them. So what's the point? Here's the point of it all. The first thing God wants us to do when facing the impossible is to begin to speak the word of God over that situation. (laughs) You got to begin to speak the word of God over that situation. He's given us words to say. They're all right there. They're all right here in the Bible. And the more Bible you know, the better equipped you will be in the time of the battle. The more Bible you have on the inside of you, the more equipped you will be when the devil tries to come and throw up a flood against you. I'm closing. (laughs) So we know that this, we know that when people hear someone speak the word of God, they are hearing Jesus speak. And we know that the word of God contains what? 
the power of God. And that we access the power of God's word by doing what? Speaking his word. But this brings me to my final point. And this is the one that I've been rushing to try to make all day long. Y'all ready? Point number four, simply this. You cannot speak God's word over your situation unless you know his word. You cannot speak God's word unless you know his word. In the heat of the battle, my brothers and sisters, in the heat of the battle, when the devil has you whimpering in fear, when he literally has you freaking out and going out of your mind, you feeling like you have been taken to your max, there's no time to try to look up Scriptures in your Bible. You don't have time to try to call your prayer partner. <laughs> you don't have time to try to you know, call up to the church or call Pastor Devin or Pastor Eli. Pastor. You don't have time to do any of that. You have to know God's word for yourself. <laughs> Memorizing scripture. Reading this word. Internalizing it. Memorizing this word, that's the key. That's the answer. An important point regarding this principle, watch this, that calls us to speak the word of God. Think about what we just talked about in, in Isaiah 55 and 11 that we quoted earlier. God said, watch this, his word shall accomplish that which I purpose. Yes, we as his ambassadors are called to do what he would do if he were here in the flesh. <laughs> we are soldiers in his army. And we have to carry out whatever command tells us to carry out. We're instructed to do his work. And that likely does not include, you know, Lord, give me a new car. <laughs> Though, though, though that's good if you can afford it and if you're out of debt <laughs> we are empowered to do the work that he's called us to do so I'll say to you again you cannot know what God would do until you have a good grasp on what he said in his word are y'all hearing what I'm saying so, let me wrap this up. I know the majority of us here have some work to do with regards to getting this word on the inside of us. <laughs> we got some work to do regarding getting this word on the inside of us. And we're going to do it together. Hello, somebody. I said, we're going to do it together. We're going to make sure that this word gets inside of us so that we can be equipped for the battle when it's time. Well, watch this. So, so, so let me just give you my secret. Now... <laughs> Uh, I'm about to expose the worship teams. Let me just forgive me now. All right. Uh, we have a thing where in, if, if we're singing a new song um, and we may not know all the words, I'm not talking about Lisa who's out front and center. She better know them words. Or else it was going to be all messed up. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 but when we sing background and we may not know the words, what's our secret, Lisa? 
We say watermelon. We mouth the word watermelon. Because, <laughs> because we have discovered, and we just learned this from just singing and different different synopsis that we've or symposiums that we've gone to, is that the word watermelon, the the way that your mouth opens up with every syllable of of that word, it, it pretty much masks is anything that you would really 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 say, you know. Don't matter what the song is, you just say. I mean, Lisa, come up here and uh, sing. Get get a microphone. And, 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 and just sing something. Just, I don't care what it is. I'm going to be over here while she's over there. I'm going to just show y'all. I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forever. Oh. I mean, that's kind of how we do. I mean, that, that was a bad representation because that was a repetitive thing. But y'all know what I'm trying to say. If you just begin to just say something that just remotely is in there. So, so, so that's the thank you, Lisa. She did. She does a great job every single week. So that's what happens when, when, you, when, when you don't really know the words of the song. And sometimes you may see some of our worship team members up here saying, what And sometimes you got to stretch out them syllables. <laughs> but that's what we're doing because we don't know the words. Let me give you your spiritual watermelon. This, this, this verse, this verse pretty much covers any situation that you may find yourself in in the heat of the battle. Can I give you our watermelon verse? Go to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 because I'm telling you, no matter what you may face in your life, if you don't know the word, let me just say, I'm going to give you a head start. This is going to be your watermelon verse. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, Mother Fox, this is your verse. It says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength will be made perfect in your weakness. My, his and then you got to just turn it around and say, his grace is sufficient for me. If I'm going through hardship in my finances, his grace is sufficient for me. If I'm sick in my body, can I just tell you something? His grace is sufficient for me. Everything is going crazy in my life, in my home, in my family. Can I just tell you something? His grace is sufficient for you. I don't know how things are going to take place, how things are going to come together. I've been dealing with this thing for so long, but can I just encourage somebody today? His grace is sufficient for you. No matter what the situation is, no matter what you're bound in, can I just tell you something? His grace is sufficient for you. Everything is going wrong. My babies don't know how to act. I don't have control. His grace is sufficient. I don't know how this new school year is going to work out, but can I just tell you something? His grace is sufficient for me. I need somebody to give God some praise in this place. Come on and give God praise in this house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
is a different season that I'm in. I don't quite know how it's going to work out, but his grace is sufficient for me. Yes, yes it is. My sister need help. I got to take on her kids. You don't know how you're going to make ends meet because it's tough with just your own. But can I just tell you something? His grace is sufficient. Come on and stand to your feet. I'm done. Second Corinthians 12 and 9. That's your watermelon. When you may not know, <laughs> you may not know. You may not have all this word, but we're going to get there. But until we get there, listen, let me give you the head start. You got to say his grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Hey, my, 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 my God's in this place. Take his word. Sink your lips with his word. For in the time of battle, in the time of battle, you will have the right thing to say because his word has power. His word has power. Let me just give you this last bit of scripture. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Watch this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist, the e resist in the evil day. And having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the, bre the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith which, with which you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then watch this. See, I was, I, I, I grew up thinking that those were just all of the pieces of the armor. Helmet of, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit, shield of faith, having my loins girded about with truth, having my sheets shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I thought that was all that I needed in, to, to be dressed in the armor. But I found out there was one more piece of armor. One more piece of armor here. Look at verse 18. With all prayer... <laughs> There's another piece of your armor that, that you got to make sure that you're equipped with. Watch this. And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for the saints. 
See, that's next level lip sync right there. That's next level lip sync right there. When you begin praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's really the ultimate lip sync is when you just avail your mouth and the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. You don't know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit will begin praying things that you should be praying because he knows exactly what the heart of the Father is, and he'll begin speaking those things through you. <sighs> Lip sync battle. You're in a battle. You're in a battle. We are in a battle, but we have to make sure that as we're in the battle, we're equipped and ready to fight. How many people in this place want to be equipped and ready to fight? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray in this place. Father, I tell you what, grab, grab the person's hand next to you. You know, stretch across the aisles and just link hands all over this place, all over this place. Come on, come on, grab someone's hand. Link up, link up, link up, link up, link up, link up, link up. And let's begin praying for that hand. Matter of fact, squeeze that hand tight. Let them know that you're alive. Let them know you're alive. Yeah. Squeeze that hand and let them begin praying. And here's what, here's what we want to pray today. We don't need to ask what you're going through. We don't need to ask what's been going on. Just start praying the word of God. And if you don't know the word of God, I gave you a watermelon verse. Just begin praying, God, let them realize that your grace is sufficient. Let them realize, God, that even in their moment of weakness, your strength is made perfect. Come on, all over this room, just begin praying, begin praying, begin praying, begin praying. Come on, let them hear you pray. Let them hear you pray. Let them hear you pray. Lift those voices up. Lift those voices up. This is doing battle. This is doing battle right here. Come on, come on, come on. Let's do battle. Let's do battle. Let's do battle. Come on, fight for your brother. Fight for your sister. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray the word of God. We speak the word of God. We speak that they are the head and not the tail. Hallelujah. That they are above only and not beneath. God, we pray, God, that no weapon formed against them will be able to prosper. In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, O oh God. We thank you, God. They will not become weary in well-doing but that they will reap, God, if they faint not. God, I pray, God, that they will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. God, I pray that they will wait upon the Lord and be of good courage. God, strengthen their heart today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray, God, for a heads of protection to be, to be made around them, oh God. God, I pray right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would do just what you said in your word. God, that as long as we keep our minds stayed on you, God, you will keep us in perfect peace for those who trust in you. Thank you for your peace. Thank you, God, for your peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, oh God, that by your stripes we already healed, oh God. And though there may be sickness in the body today, God, I pray by God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, God, that health would arise, that health, that healing would arise, oh God, and that your word would take over our mortal bodies, oh God, and we would see the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you that we have the victory today. Thank you that there is power in your word. And thank you that we have access to that power by speaking your word. In the name of Jesus. Come on and release those hands and just begin to give God praise. All over this place. All over this place. All over this place. Listen, we never want to leave or, or, or depart or dismiss this service without giving someone an opportunity to accept Christ into their life. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Devin, I don't know the Lord and the pardon of my sins, but I want, I want this day. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. Just simply lift your hand or right where you stand, right where you stand or right where you sit. If you want a relationship with Jesus, let me tell you something, you don't have to be ashamed. Yeah, there may be people who think that you already got it together, but you never made that first initial step in that commitment. If you're here today, and you say, Pastor Devin, I want to know the Lord. In the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering, just simply lift that hand up right where you stand. Amen. We're all a part of the family of the body of Christ today. Amen. Amen. Number two, if you're here today and you've been you've been coming around and you say, you know what, this is a pretty cool place. Uh, these walls are real colorful. This isn't our main sanctuary. We'll be going back over into our main sanctuary when you keep bringing people to the to, to, to the Lord. But if you want to join this church home, it's a great church. It's a great church. We I, I invite you to become a part of the church family. If you're here and you want to be connected with the family of God, just simply raise your hand, and we would love to receive you into our family. And then lastly, come on, Sister Monique, I don't want you to leave just yet. I don't want you to leave just yet. Come on down here. I, I, I want some sisters to come. Come on, some, I, want, I need some sisters to come. I didn't name anybody. I just said sisters. So if, you, if, you, if you're a female, just come on down here. Let's circle around this sister today. Sister Sylvia, I want you to come as well. I want you to come as well. Sister Sylvia, I, I, I want both of them to be in the center of this. And Sister Monique has just experienced a great loss. She lost her mom back on the 14th of last month. And Sister Sylvia lost her sister who she just buried this past Friday. Anyone else in this, in, in this place just recently received, I mean, had gone through great loss. My God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you go over there and let her let it be known and talk with her and see. But, but we want to pray for these two. We want to pray because the Bible says, blessed are they that mourn. Why? Because they shall be comforted. And I believe that we have a family here. We have a family. This is the family of God. This is your family. This is your family. Your family. Your family is here to wrap our arms around you to let you know you're not alone. You're not alone. Come on, body of Christ. Let's just begin praying. Father God, I thank you. Sister Dewana, would you just lead? Would you just lead this prayer today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord, in the name of yes, Jesus, God. for your great grace, oh God. We thank you that your grace is sufficient, oh God. And your strength is made perfect, oh God, when we're weak and when we're hurting, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, that you would move by your spirit. Pour out the spirit of comfort. Pour out the spirit of strength, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. God, we know that you are able, God, in the name of Jesus, because your word said so, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God. We we thank you in the midnight hour be their strength 
Oh, day to day, God, every second, every moment. Be eco bobo shanda. Sanda rio bobo kosha baba hikiobo. Randa rada baba shata. Oh, God, be their strength, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus. God of great comfort. God of might. God of power. Oh, God, be with them, Lord. God, walk with them every day, God. Every second, every moment, every step, God. In the name of Jesus. Now, come on, let's just shift, and we're going to pray for healing. I want these same ladies to place your hand on Sister Jocelyn. Place your hand on, on, her, on her shoulder. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. God, you are the God that healeth us. God, you said that healing is the children's bread. So God, I pray right now, God, that a seat at the table would be made for her. And God, you would allow her to feast at your table and let her taste of the goodness of the Lord so that she can say, I tasted and I seen the Lord is good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh God, oh God, I pray right now, God, that you would just send healing to her body, God. Strength to every area that's weak, oh God. Oh God, lift up her hung down head, oh God. And give her to know, God, that you are with her. That yea, though she may have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you she has nothing to be afraid because you are with her. Your hand, they comfort her, oh God. God, bring comfort to her right now. And God, I pray, God, just for the spirit of wisdom to be upon her right now. God, everything, God, that you would allow her to do, God, to do. But even, God, areas where she may need to slow down, oh God, let her know that it's okay. Let her know that she's not letting you down. She's not letting us down or the church. She's not letting you down, God. But, God, that you are with her, God. Even in the moments when she has to rest, you're in the rest. You're in the work and you're in the rest. And we thank you, oh God, for just your wisdom and your sweet consolation, knowing, God, that you care about everything that concerns us and that you're here for us just when we need you most. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and put those hands together and give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We have someone who's here to join our church. Hallelujah. Come on and give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah. Come on and put those hands together and give God some praise. Praise God, praise God. This dear sister, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And see, this is one thing that I did not mention earlier, but, but we've been talking about it in our staff meetings. And I've been asking the staff and the leadership team to pray. So I'm, now I'm calling for the church to pray. We need a reliable church van. We need transportation because this dear sister, she has been coming here. She's her sister, and uh, she's been coming. She lives out in Inkster, and uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a ways to go and get her. And and uh, But if we have church transportation, we can make sure that we're meeting the needs of the people that want to be a part of this family. Amen. I, I have a good friend who passes a church in Inkster, and uh, I, I got his information there at Pentecostal Church of God in Christ, but she wants to... She 
she wants to be here with us and I would love for her to be here with us. And so we just need to be praying that God will meet every need of this house. Amen. Amen. So that we can meet the needs of the people. And we have another. I want to return to the Lord this morning and to Revival Tabernacle. She says she wants to return to the Lord and to Revival Tabernacle. Come on, let's give God some praise for what he's doing. Come on. Here, here's what I want. Just give us your name. Vivian Spragans. Vivian Spragans. And give, and give the church body your name. Brenda Nesbitt. Brenda Nesbitt. Can we give God some praise for these two beautiful sisters in the Lord? Sister Lisa is, is right here on my right-hand side. She's going to take all of your information to make sure we get you plugged in. And we have a great, new, exciting thing that's going to be kicking off in the month of October called Growth Tracks. And that's for all of our new members to go through. It's just a four-week course, but it's going to be powerful. It's going to happen right here on Sunday mornings, I'm so, Sundays after the main service. It'll take you through four quick steps, uh, knowing who God is, knowing more about this church, knowing your gifts or discovering your gifts, and then knowing how you can serve here in this church. want everybody who has just joined the church recently to go through it together so we can get you plugged into the right areas and you can know all that God has for you. Can we one more time put our hands together and give God some praise? You all can go right over there, sit next to Sister Lisa. Listen, this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. sharp, we'll be in Bible study, continuing in the book of James. It's going to be an awesome thing. And then next Sunday, someone say next Sunday. We're kicking off a brand new series entitled Mission is Possible. Come and learn about the vision and the mission of of Revival Tabernacle and what God has for us to do over the next five years. It's going to be amazing. Listen, if you signed up to bring paint, bring that paint on in and let's get this building beautified. Amen? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.